When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Nars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey everybody! What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And today we have a special guest with us, Jackie. <laughs> it's seen. All the way back from episode one and two. <laughs> uh, for those of you who do not remember, and probably it's best that you don't, do don't go, go listen. Do not go back. We are called, I decided to listen to our very first episode per Jackie's request. And I gotta tell you, having seen on your first episode... <laughs> God damn it. We were, we, we peaked at episode one. <laughs> but to be fair, that, that shtick of pretending Satan's in the room made me giggle. So it was like, fine. But guys, spoiler alert, Satan's not here. He's unfortunately. Unfortunately, he was busy today. Yeah. He couldn't, he's already <laughs> double, triple booked. It's Friday with, night. It's, yeah. You know, seriously. you can't just get Satan. No. <laughs> what is this? What does this look like? Uh, it's still nice to see we still have some of our old selves from seven, six, seven years ago in us. Uh, so uh, anyway, tonight, now that we have a show that actually is sensical and, yes. and is linear, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Jersey Ghouls. And tonight we're going to continue and our What Did We Miss? An homage to the list that we missed. Mm-hmm. Um, we are covering movies from 2022, horror movies that made an impact, for better or for worse. And as you know, last time we talked about Ty West's two jaunts into 2022, there are a ton of movies we still got to catch up on. True. And incidentally, there's a ton of stuff coming out in 2023 that people are excited about. I loved Megan. Okay. Um, and I'm really excited for the new Scream. Same. Skin a marinky dinky doo. Sounds and looks really good. That one just came out. There's a lot of good stuff coming out in 2023. Jackie, what are you excited for to not watch? Um, <laughs> all of those. Oh, no, good. I'm just okay. I get no, I am. I'm playing currently playing catch up to 2022. Fair. Um, fair. I recently watched The Menu on so HBO. Good. Really like that one. Yeah. I also watched uh, The Pale Blue Eye on Netflix. Oh, you got me Netflix. there. Yeah. Uh, I you always, liked that. Right? I did. I liked it. I always love a good historical fiction. Um, especially when we're going to involve Edgar Allan Poe. So I, I really enjoyed uh, The Pale Blue Eye. So I'm kind of catching up on 2022 right now. Honestly, so am I. Like, I've watched Piggy, which was impressive but hard to watch. Like, a, to me, a one and done in a weird way. Um, I, I've been really trying to catch up with 2022 as well. Uh, yeah, you were actually really floored by the new Scream movie, which I don't want to talk too much about, but I was shocked. I thought that was very uh, you know anti-you. What? You're shocked. I was absolutely surprised with how much I liked the newer, the newest Scream movie that's out. Um, because I have gone on this podcast uh, on record publicly <laughs> shitting on it. Um, but I, I watched it. I gave it a try, and I, I had texted Marissa, and I said, "You know what? Um, I'm going to eat crow." Because <laughs> you really, really, enjoyed it. really, really. In your defense, it. we all shit on it in a very trendy way, and it wasn't nearly as bad as I pretended it was. Like I truly, was really it wasn't in, your fault. I was really impressed with how much it felt like Scream One, how oh, it was able to weave in like the meta ness and the characters. So I will save this conversation yeah. for another day, but for a rainy day, yeah, important that you do, Jack Quaid is my oh, spoopy yeah. doopy bear <laughs> and i love the boys as we know and if you haven't watched the boys you need and to drop I everything do and do watch it because yeah. I, I like simon pegg i like oh, i do like jack quaid i love jack quaid so he's my movie and i obviously love jenna ortega and um uh melissa barrera because melissa barrera was so good in oh. in the heights so tonight we're going to talk about two 2022 movies and it was tough to narrow down the choices. We decided to go with The Innocence and one that I was very scared to do, but Jackie's so brave, The Sadness. 
So let's dive in. You want to start with the innocence because I need to work up to the sadness. Sure thing. Because it gives me ajna just thinking about it. Sure thing. All right. So the innocence was written and directed by Eskil Voigt. I'm hoping I say that right. And it is a slow burn. I hate to use the cliche, but it is a slow burn film that really does focus on the very complicated to me art of growing up and childhood innocence. It plays a lot with those themes. And so if you haven't seen this one, because I do think this one's a little under the radar, maybe stop here, go check it out. So this is basically, for, for all intents and purposes, a story about a group of children with budding, like, psych- psychic powers. Psychic powers. Super, powers. Super X-Men, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was horror to me in earnest for a lot of reasons. So, Jackie, what did you think of this one? I really like this one this one was slow it did take a little while take a really there, long there, time. there was a lot of world building going on first but there were even in the beginning there were elements of it that like piqued my interest enough where i'm like okay i'm gonna you know stick through keep doing it um and when things started to pick up suddenly full attention and very, I thought the tension and intensity of it was yeah. very well done at the end. And you know, I was on the edge of my seat. It, it really, I, I have to. Matt fell asleep. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. I am super impressed with the child actors in this yes. movie. Because, I mean, they carry the whole film. Like, there is Benjamin, barely adults in this film. It is, it is almost solely focused on on the children and they do such a good job with this film um especially for how young they they were like they it's not like we're talking like i think eight nine years old yeah they were legitimate children like 10 maybe 10 yeah um i like the one it's currently on shutter right now and you know before i hit play i kind of scrolled real quick through the comments and one of the first comments that I saw, it gave it, you know, five-star rating. I'm pretty sure it did. But it was basically like, you know, this is what happens when it goes, when you've got superpowers and it goes wrong. Like, this is this is what, this is like the, the villain story. Here's your villain origin story. When you've got superpowers and you don't use them for good. And and this kid doesn't. And it, to me, it, it raises such fascinating questions about childhood. And my first one for you, and this is this is like, you know, just between us gals, nobody else, is by nature childhood a time of cruelty? Like, I was a shitty person when I was a kid. I, <laughs> because in this film, the main character, and I'll, I'll let you jump in, but just to give everybody a background, in this film, the, the main character literally does things that make us very uncomfortable and make us think, oh shit, that's fucked up. Like she puts, she has a special needs sister, which trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And she does really shitty things like pinch her yeah. and put glass in her fucking shoe. My first two notes are, oh, shitty kid. <laughs> My second note, super shitty kid. Like, <laughs> right, but is she a shitty kid or is she just a kid? Well, that's the thing. You talk about cruelty in children. And I mean, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say that like, no, they're just, you know, their brains just haven't developed. They don't fully know the ramifications of right and wrong. But also, you, you, you know enough to know that you shouldn't pinch somebody who's nonverbal just to see what happens. She knew you, it was wrong, right? Yeah, like she you knew the glass was wrong, yeah, you too, know, in the you shoe. You know you shouldn't put glass in somebody's In a nonverbal shoe. special needs. You but shouldn't how, do it to a verbal person. You shouldn't put glass in anybody's fucking But how shoe. hard would it be to have a nonverbal special needs sister? I'm not saying that there aren't complications, but it's... I thought a, she was shitty. I wrote that oh, she yeah, was shitty, no, she, too, for the record. Uh, to I actually wrote, oh, dang, this kid is a psycho, was it my yeah. exact note, for the record. It's to Very me, professional. <laughs> I, I, will, I will put out there that it's a dark gray area, because I think kids do inherently know right from wrong, but I don't think that they have enough brain power to process... They're con- the consequences of their actions. But when we meet Ben, who is the villainous kid in this movie, the yes. kid with the special powers who becomes the villain because he does such evil, dark things. Yeah. With their interaction with the cat was brilliant to me. Mm-hmm. So in the film, there's, again, spoiler alert, there's a there's a cat that they decide to torture. It's a belong, the cat belongs to the other little yeah. girl. 
And who's so sweet? See, they're sweet kids and they're shitty kids, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's another because the one girl is so fucking yeah, that sweet. That was it was it was Aisha's cat, right? Yeah, Aisha's yeah. cat. So they take the cat and they drop it from a really high fucking uh, like thirteen stories up or whatever. Right. And then when they get to the cat, the cat's still alive. And she cries, which to me is her humanity. It's her, but he does too. And then he fucking squashes, when he fucking squashed the face I, of the fucking cat. I was cat. not ready for the cat to die. <laughs> that was not. Adam, dude, they should make literally the only trigger warning I want in life is they're going to show animal, animal cruelty. <laughs> Seriously. But um, one of the things that I loved about this film is the question of like, what is the line between evil and not in children? Because Ben does literally murders people with his powers yeah he has he ends up having so they all have something a little different aisha is able to communicate with with the non like basically the, psychic who ability is the, who yeah. is the older non-verbal, non-verbal. sister and such great acting from yeah her as well. ida is the younger sister between her and anna and then there's ben and there's aisha so aisha is able to communicate um with anna and actually like it's kind of like Captain Planet, because with their powers combined, they're able, when they're together, their powers are stronger. And Anna eventually begins to communicate. She is able to start speaking. Um, so much so that, again, spoiler alert, when something bad happens to Aisha, mm-hmm. Anna is no longer able to speak. Like, she loses that power because their connection is broken. Right, right. Um, but yeah, and, and Ben's power is, like, he's he's very telekinetic. Um, he can influence people's emotions and get them to do things, get them to kind of see things. Um, and he's, it's it's crazy. There was a part where, this, this is so spoilery, but I'm just going to keep going. Um, he kills his mother. Yeah, he and does. What I did brutal, gruesome. What I too. didn't notice at first, and actually had to rewind, because I made a comment toward the end about just like how like he. Sorry, that's on me. Continue. That's okay. I made I made the note, and I had to go back and rewind. But I realized that after he kills his mother, he doesn't change his clothes. He doesn't take a bath. He's, he's all in, gross. He is grody yeah. looking. And he's, he's dirty. Ma- right. And he, like, he no longer is able to take care of himself. Well, he's too little. Right? Because, yeah, again, like, when you're that young, again, this is not like a 13-year-old or even a 12-year-old, 11-year-old that has some autonomy and can, like, care for mm-hmm. themselves. Like, he is not bathing. He's not changing his clothes. You know, he's... And he's living in the house with his dead mother on the kitchen floor. Yeah, it, it's so... Ooh. Yeah. Um. So I, I do think we, we should take a pause real quick to kind of acknowledge that there's a very big kind of elephant in the room when it comes to Anna as portrayed as a like autistic, nonverbal person played by a neurotypical person mm-hmm. who was pretending to be. And there's been a lot of criticism of this film for the portrayal of autism, the portrayal of... Of, of, of a character who is neurodivergent uh, by a person who is neurotypical. I think that's fair. I'm all about giving roles to the... I think there could have been a someone who is neurodivergent play this role and do it beautifully. So I do acknowledge all of that. And I don't pretend to be an expert on any of that. Because I... You know, obviously neither of us are experts in that neurodivergence in acting. But... You know, I think it's worth at least was mentioning it, that, that she, it's a criticism. Was of this it film. not played accurately, or well, is the I, criticism more just they a little would have bit of preferred both. both? Okay, because I do think there is a little bit of inaccuracy in the idea. What I took issue with, just as a counselor, as a therapist, is you're not going to just like. There's no people who are dealing with nonverbal autistic children are so desperate for the kids to talk and for a film to portray it as this idea of. Oh, she had special powers. She just needed someone to really encourage her. And she could get those words out is a very dangerous, problematic thing to portray in a film. And I think in 2021, when this film did initially get released, at least in limited circuit, we know better. We fucking know better. Do not portray that. It's a little irresponsible. I don't think anything would have been taken away from this film if it wasn't a autistic, non-neuro-normative kid. So why do that to the people who are out there struggling with this in very real ways? Because as someone who does, you know, work with kids on on the spectrum and work with nonverbal, you know, like, let's just be, let's just not give that problematic false ideology out that like, 
oh, if, you know, she's got psychic powers and, and those psychic powers are going to make her talk magically. I don't know. I, I'm I just, don't, I don't. You don't agree? I don't agree. Only because this movie is set in magical realism. Like, there's no telekinesis either. You know, I don't, I, and again, oh, I'm speaking. No, I'm, you're, you're, that's a good point. I'm, no, I like know, that. I'm speaking from a, a position where that I'm not a parent. I, you know, I don't know any nonverbal. Yeah, no, I don't think like, it has anything to do with I'm, parenting. I'm yeah. From, I'm coming from a complete. No, you're making a unknown, really good point like, because I, I shouldn't be so get this caught in my crawl when there's literal right. magical realism. I mean, I don't want to tell somebody that is offended or upset by something that they shouldn't be. Good point. Yeah. When you make up, a on the really thing, like good point. To me, I don't agree only because this whole, the whole movie is, is fantasy. It's magical realism. Telekinesis, to our knowledge, does not right, exist. Right, so giving and, this kid the power to, yeah, you know, you're so right. That, that again, you know, coming from. I love from, it when you make a good counterpoint. <laughs> floods the, yeah. No, such a good point. You make a real, you make a, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that, that that is out there. Sure. Um, so yeah, you're right though. Like the, the horror of this film to me lies not only what all these kids are capable of, but like how easy it is for nobody to notice. Like, yeah, I was so spooked by the role of parents in this film. I gotta tell you, it really fucked me up because number one, I was like, oh shit, these kids are being so ignored by their parents. The parents are in the background. The parents are very like, okay, we're really busy with doing everything. God, go play. Go take care of your special needs sister. See, now, I, that's funny that you say that because I took it in a complete opposite direction where one of and my single thoughts, moms were so busy. Go ahead. Well, no, one of my thoughts was like, it, even though that, that is, I'm assuming, set fairly present day. I'm like, I assume That's how it was like when we were but kids. When we were kids, it was so okay. To be our get, parents yeah. were today's helicopter parents. Today yeah, it's like the, I don't know. To me, it was it, it it would just it brought back a sense of nostalgia. You don't I was think like, there's a problem with that? That though? was me in the summertime oh. with my friends. Like you know, hey, mom and dad went to work. Uh, I'm told to be home at five o'clock for dinner. I so I'm that. out yeah. all day playing with my friends, making new friends. You know, peeling bark off of trees in the woods. <laughs> like that was the shit that we did. But like today, we don't let kids do that. So it's like, are we being negligent? Are we being our parents? Basically, here's what <laughs> I thought: Am I secretly my parents? But the only difference is I don't let them go out until dawn, like until the lights go out, because it's just a different world and they have phones. Like because I'm still in a lot of ways, and and again, like like. Uh, maybe this is a, a parenting confession, but sometimes I do feel like my kids are in my background, you know, like, because I still have my own life to live. And I'm, I'd like to think I'm very cognizant of bringing them to the foreground and giving them the seat at the table we never had. Like, I feel like I never decided when I was a kid what we were having for dinner, but I give my girls that kind of like, hey guys, what restaurant should we go to? Like, you know, like yeah. my parents were just like, we're going to this fucking restaurant. Like, but again, like my, my thought here is like, the parents are so in the background, not because they're like, I'm not condoning them, especially not the two single moms because mm -hmm. they had to work. They had to do things. But like, I just think it's interesting how the parents are too busy with their own lives to really look at what these kids are doing. And you're right though. Maybe it's the way things should be. Maybe it's just like cuckoo, cuckoo. This is how parenting really is. And just because you've got phones to hide behind, your parents did the same shit. They were just doing it with like, television and and like going out with their friends not on being on their phone so maybe we're supposed to ignore our kids a little bit but <laughs> i don't know it's just very interesting and and the other thought i had is like are all kids coping with some sort of trauma today because of what the world has given them because i thought that was a really big point with this is like the trauma that ida has from her because it's really hard to live with someone with special needs, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to be the normal kid when there's a special needs kid in the house. I could see why that would be a trauma. I think parents would need to address that properly, but most parents don't. I think that most kids today are coping with some sort of trauma because of how fucked up the world is. Whether it's COVID, whether it's a special needs sibling, whether it's just the fucking shootings and the state of the world and what the presidencies and all of this are all kids just super fucked up right now? Or is it no worse than we had? Jackie, I, I can't, uh, that's, that's something that I can't answer. Cause I have no idea. I don't have my finger on the pulse of kids. Like at least you are 
you know, in you're my an educator kid, I mean, and you've like, got I, kids, but like I, I jokingly called this episode "The Kids Are Not All Right." Nice, and <laughs> because my kids are not okay, and my high school kids are not okay, but are were we ever okay? I mean, you and I, I had vastly different childhoods. Yeah, I was gonna say we yeah. had different childhoods, and also like, you know, kids this age in this movie. I feel like if you asked a kid about trauma and explain what trauma was. If they have like, TikTok, TikTok, they can do it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, what do they classify as trauma? You know, like walking a past a boy in, you know, the in, in school. Using the wrong like, pronoun. You know. You use the wrong pronoun, you've just traumatized. Right. Hashtag or or trauma. saying like, you know, like you see like, you know, a, a, a guy or a girl that you like and you're like, hey, what's up? And they ignore you. And now Listen, you're trauma. For, you know? for Marissa 20 years ago, that was just yeah. another day at the office. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I feel like I feel like trauma is such a strong word that gets that maybe gets, thrown around that gets a little thrown too around because yeah, I like agree. you know, to me, trauma. to me, growing up, my parents got divorced. That's a trauma, and I don't say that's trauma. I know because you, to but me, you had a positive experience. Well, no, not that I had not that I had a positive experience, yeah, that's but fair. to me, trauma is. Suicide, uh, you know, somebody being sexually assaulted. But would to it me, have been bad if someone had been like, Jackie, your parents are divorced. That's a trauma. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, I went to counseling. I, I mean, I was right, but that was you did you because it was a trauma. Right. But to, I, I guess in my brain, trauma is is trauma means severe, and being a child of divorce in the nineties. Like me and all the fucking fifty five percent of the world dealt with that. Like uh, I, to it me, it was still a trauma to for me. All. Yeah, to me, it's hard to classify. I don't know. You're talking to a counselor, trauma. dude. I'm gonna be like because oh. I'm like that's what I, it was every day. Like that I is so. I do. I agree with you. It doesn't. It it probably doesn't justify the fact that kids today are not okay. You're right. right. They throw, maybe they do use trauma loosey goosey. Again, I come from the world of counseling where we validate the feelings of trauma. As someone who does have a PTSD diagnosis, I get you. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure Millet, yeah. but on the same time, I'm sure somebody who's been through a war would be like, fuck you, bitch, to me. Right. So it's like, it's all relative in that way yeah. to me. So if a kid wants to call it trauma, if that's going to help them somehow cope and, and deal with it, I do think divorce is trauma for the record. I know that you're like, fuck you, bitch, I'm fine. But... You know, I think there are, I think the pandemic was a trauma for all of us. Maybe this is the hippy-dippy counselor. Now y'all know why I'm a counselor. Because I'm like, we have endured trauma. <laughs> and now I'm going to have trauma-based, like, you know. But I do think the kids today particularly are not okay. And I don't even blame the pandemic or parents or anything like that so much as I blame fucking cell phones and social, social media. media. That Again, was my thought. Get off, I know, like, get off my lawn. I know, yeah. But I, we're old ladies yelling at the clouds, I know. Uh, I, and and realize and that I this film I'm, had no social media, I, I am coming from a completely privileged position of no trauma, no diagnoses, no anything. But there are some things that I've seen on social media where they just give you an excuse for everything and call it a mental illness. And I hate to be a so bitch, true. but it's like, oh, you're you're not lazy. You've got X, Y, and Z. And sometimes it's like, no, you're a fat fuck. Get off the couch. That's not a mental illness. Like laziness is not in the DSM. Okay, like yes, there are some diagnoses that will lead you to be on the couch all day. But I feel like social media has given an excuse. And for so everybody oh, to and do everybody's anything. a therapist on social media. Oh, everybody's yeah. a therapist. Everybody has a DSM in hand. Everybody does. Everybody has a mental illness. Right. And everybody's like, a doctor who's qualified oh, to diagnose these things. And I so. guess it is completely generational. But the fact that like the current generation of kids is all about celebrate your mental illness. Like kids wear their diagnoses I love on that. their sleeve. I love that. <laughs> I know you hate it, but I, I don't, love I it. don't hate it. I absolutely don't because hate hashtag, it. Because hashtag like we're like uh, I'm but not like, ashamed anymore. No, and I don't think they're I don't think they're But also some of them ashamed. don't actually have those diagnoses. Thank you. Like that that was the point that I'm trying to get to <laughs> Shh, is that me. is that they're seeing stuff on social media and it's like, "Oh, I have ADHD." Oh, like Please, I have. I know have what's trending. Multiple personalities. Like, of course, honey, you do not you have, have. Do you know when how people, many kids after it trended on on TikTok came to me and said, "I have multiple 
personalities. There are like 0. 0.00001 confirmed cases of multiple personalities. But please tell me my, more about your My favorite thing is like, oh my God, I have OCD. I have to like keep my room clean. I have to have, I have to, I have to color coordinate my pencils. I have OCD. And it's like, you, you do know that's not what OCD is. OCD is when you have to flick the light switch 15 times or else mom's going to get hit by a bus. Like, you know that you don't have OCD, right? Like, yeah, I feel like social wow, media has given, hot take. has given everybody the, 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 the authority to be like, I have this mental illness, so you can't X, Y, and Z to me because I have this diagnosis. I, listen, I, you're, you're putting me in a dangerous position here <laughs> because I am literally legally and clinically bound to like be like but 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 i i don't disagree with you it's just it's scary what the social media and what the internet can do to these kids but and whether it's real or not they're not okay jackie and like i said and and the unfortunate part is the people and the children and the teenagers and the adults that are actually suffering from these mental illnesses like they get lumped into this category or you know it's like when someone needs a certain medication and now they can't get the medication because everybody and their mother is on some kind of benzo for whatever so true. i don't know i i don't mean to be so negative about no, it i, I don't do i don't girl. mean to be point counterpoint with everything that you've i got love your notes, fucking <laughs> i am basement <laughs> equals flooded here jackie i love when you counterpoint me and i love that we've gotten to a place on like five years ago on the podcast where i'm like girl you make such a good point like instead of like yelling and being like i'm fucking right at least i'm self-aware of what an asshole i was back then so i i was just saying i would punch six six years ago me in the face but um no you make wonderful points i love all of that i'm gonna ask you a million dollar question and i'm gonna say one rule is you don't get to be like well i don't real have real kids so i can't answer this what would you do if you had a kid like ben because that was the thought that I was Do like, I have the background that I have having worked in mental no, health? No. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. You have. You, you. Like, because I kept thinking to myself, what would I do if my kid was literally a stone cold fucking creep killer? Or what would I do, like, if I knew my kid was bad? That was the, like, so what would you do? And again, I know you don't have kids, but try to imagine, like, if you inherited my kids, and what would you do? I mean, you love I them. think, I feel like you know involuntary commitment like i i i have i feel like if i know enough to know that you are a danger to yourself or others i'm pointing (laughs) to my notes because i was like would i lock them up forever i would try i and i wouldn't you have young michael myers what do you do because i feel like i as a person do not have the capacity to understand sympathize treat or cope with you like i'm gonna send you to the professionals I know. I know. I know that's the right answer. And I know I'd like to believe that I would do the same. Yeah. But my, the fucking deepest, darkest mom version of me would be like, I'd fucking hide the bodies and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. But so, like, I'm truly conflicted in this because, again, like, as someone who understands the world of mental health, as someone, like, it, when ben, Ben's, Ben gets killed, which... I, he has to die at the end. Like, oh. thank God. I'm like, hallelujah when he dies because he's so scary by the end of the movie. And and they kill him because they have to. Yeah. But well, like, he killed he killed Aisha. He killed Aisha, right? He, he, he killed was, one little girl. He, he killed yeah. her. And he tried to kill the other. He tried he to kill uh, Ida. And Anna steps in and is like, not today, Satan. Wait, did you think the ending was ambiguous? That he wasn't really dead? Yeah. No, I thought he was dead. He, ha- but in my like, you know how I be. Only like, because, and I don't know if this is supposed to be like the ambiguous ending, but at the ending, um, Ida is crying and her mom is yeah, hugging yeah. her, and Anna is playing, and the camera pans to Anna, and then suddenly Ida stops crying. I, oh, I took it as oh shit. Yeah, I took it as Mama was like, clicked her neck. Oh my god! Now, oh my I, god. when her when she because she just suddenly you realize it's silence. She goes from crying. Why would the mom to do nothing. that? Because Ben. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> hey, Jackie, now I'm not gonna sleep tonight. Um, but I don't know if that's again. Maybe it was just you know purposeful ben silence because you don't confirm Anna. Ben's death. It's just the wide shot on his body and the right. little kid finding. And he fell off a fucking bridge and lived. He fell off a fucking bridge and landed nasty and lived. Damn. So that was like, is it supposed to be? Like, I have. Did mom snap her neck? Like, you can't hear her cry anymore. And you're focusing on Anna. Or was it Anna? Well, that was another thought I had, too. 
did Anna snap? But because she maybe she felt she was evil too. Mm-hmm. But oh, th- that's oh. But okay, here's the <laughs> other question. I love that idea, but here's the I can't. You know, I live in the world of puppies and sunshine at the I end know. of the day. Um, would Ben like? Let's say Ben's alive. Would he need? Is he a Michael Myers? Like it? it like my question became: Is Ida dangerous? Is Ida need to be like? Like I found myself so overwhelmed with this film, and you called it too. You were like, "You're gonna really have fun with this one." Um, like I was like, "What ha- What would happen if your kid was beyond hope? Like, how much are these? What age do we say? Oh no, that's just fucking evil. Versus, oh no, he's a little kid; he can't be held accountable. Right. Like that fucked me up too. Yeah. At this point, my girls are both old enough where I'd be like, nah, you're fucking, you just, you know what <laughs> yeah. you did. I'd be like, you're going to prison. Let's go. I'm turning you in myself. But like when the girls were six, seven, eight, they yeah. like fucking didn't fully know. Yeah. I At what know. point can you hold a kid truly accountable? Is Ben evil? What would you do? And, you still haven't answered what would you would do. You said you would definitely said, turn I'd, him in. I'd lock him up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. But again, this is the non-parent going, fuck him. Get fuck him, him. Right. If I can't legally put you in a trash can and like throw it away, you know, or, you know, I'm, you're going right? to get locked can up. Can you ever really, like, would I be able to reconcile with my kid being evil or would I justify it? How many parents justify their kid's shitty behavior all day, every day? You know, like I'm yeah. just saying, like even I and I'm guilty of it too. My kids are probably shit sometimes, and I'm like, Whoa. well, and how many times has like something shitty, like a kid has done something shitty enough to be on the news? Oh god! And half of the time, well, we're gonna blame the parents. Mm. We're gonna blame the music they listen to, the video so games they play, up, and we're gonna blame the parents. That's my million dollar question. How much are now? Listen, for the record, from a liberal standpoint, I'm all about fucking holding parents who keep guns in their house with a crazy, either in, mentally unstable or like domestic violence issues. Like that's on you, motherfucker. I don't care if you go to jail for it. But again, yeah, I think there's a very because as a parent who. I constantly blame myself for everything that goes wrong with my daughter. So don't worry, I would blame myself. But I'm also a parent who constantly blames myself. My question is, how much are the parents really to blame? Like, Jackie, if my daughter is Ben, do you do you bring me to court? Is it your fault that he has psychic powers? Was it the mom's fault that he killed her? Well, no, but I'm saying But, like, like, that's how, right? Like, wouldn't yeah, like it be how, then her like, fault where... that he was that shitty? Like... What, what, how do we blame other people for yeah. these shit kids? I mean, like, you're, are, are, is she passing down these magical powers to him? Does, Ooh, does she, right, that's she, the thing, too. These kids I all think have all powers. The, because I think it was a metaphor for kids today having to deal with... I really do. Again, here's me talking out my ass. But I just thought it was a metaphor for how kids today are just dealing with more than we ever know because of the internet, because of fucking technology, and because of the pandemic. I'm like... We had a fucking good bitch. Yeah. Like, so I do think that was a good metaphor from this film. Like, look how fucked up the kids. The kids are not okay because look, how could they be? Nothing's okay. So that's like, and that was my big theme. Why I love that we did this film. Cause in 2023, let's be honest, everything's fucked up. The kids, the world is on fire and the kids know it, dude. And we didn't know it. I feel like we didn't worry about this shit. We were no. living our best lives. I'm wondering, but did our parents? I think they did. I think the boobers were just like, fucking selfish and shitty i think they knew it was all coming down the pike they just didn't give a fuck i do i'd be, I'd be, I curious. I'd be curious to ask my mother i don't think they did it consciously like i don't no, think they chose no. it. i'm just i'm curious like you know like helicopter global parenting. warming like, and hel- it wasn't a thing helicopter parenting wasn't a thing and they weren't worried that the world was on fire they really believed they were fine and they thrived and we're all paying the price for our parents. We are all paying the price for the boomers. And my kids are paying the price for the boomers. Worse than anybody. I'm here to say. So, and I'm, I, I'm, so prediction, like what, when your kids are the parents. I'll, I wouldn't want them to have kids because I don't think there will be any of my kids being parents in a safe world. You know, it's like what, like how, but how is I it had, going to be for them? Jackie, real talk. I don't know that I'd have kids if I was living in 2023. I'm yeah. too afraid for the future. I worry so much that I shouldn't have bought kids into this world because it's too on fire. But nobody told us it was on fire. We've learned it over the past like 10 years. Yeah. The world is on fire and these kids know it. The kids who are growing up today, the kids in this film, why they're so fucked up, why they're so evil, why they're so traumatized because they know what we didn't know. We grew up not knowing this. It was happening. We just didn't know it. Because the world, they know the I don't, global. I don't. They know wanna, the global world. They I, know it's not supposed to be I sixty degrees. I don't want to disagree, but I also don't want to have. You want to defend? I know. I, I don't want to. Ha- I just don't want to have that outlook. I don't want to have such a bleak 
outlook. I, I, but you know, I think it's irresponsible with me as to, this is what the innocence is, right? Like it's irresponsible for me not to acknowledge it. Like I need to prepare them for how bad it's going to be if they even make it to the end of their own lives without some sort of revolution, global catastrophe, or some sort of horrific pandemic that the first one didn't get us, but the next one might. Yeah. It's like, it's just too grim. They, they're so, yeah. my girls are literally like, oh, there'll be another pandemic in my lifetime. We never even thought of pandemics in our lifetime. Think of what these kids have gone through. Yeah. Fucking A. Now that I'm sad, let's move on. <laughs> to the sadness. <laughs> All right, so let's transition to the sadness. Yeah, and this one was a a tough choice because I had a really tough time with this one. This one very much, to me, rode the line of more extreme than I I might necessarily willingly volunteer for. But I thought it was an important watch from 2022 for horror fans because it's been talked about so much. So this one written and directed by Rob Jabaz, which I laughed that he's an ex, like he's an expat. He's not really Taiwanese. Like I was surprised to see this is a Canadian writer director who's moved to Taiwan and decided to make this film. So I was like, interesting, because it really changes my perspective on what this film should have or could have represented. But anyway, anybody who I think is a film, horror film buff has definitely at least seen or heard of this film. This made a lot of big waves in 2022, mostly because it was so goddamn extreme in its violence and horror and disgustingness. Really? Is that it? Because my question is, why did this make waves? I do think that the overall writing and message are sloppy at best and problematic at worst. This, I mean, you you had talked about this a lot before we watched it and talked about how... It shook me. You know, like, you know, anybody who is anybody in this community has seen it and is loving it and is raving about it. And honestly, like... What the fuck is wrong with you? Like this <laughs> this movie, yes, was it extreme? Was it gory? Did it, you know, imply and infer some really horrific things? Yeah, it did. And I would put it maybe one or two ticks above a Danny Boyle movie. But this You would put this above a Danny Boyle? Like more extreme than Danny Yeah. Oh, oh extreme. I thought yeah. you meant quality wise. I was like, oh, wait, what? No, 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 no. I'm just talking about like extreme. Oh my god, like, I'd put it like ten like ticks up from a Danny Boyle later. Movie. I mean, aside from the skull fucking scene, oh, like it really wasn't anything thing? more. Yeah, yeah, like like skull fu- which I kind of I couldn't help. Like the babies. There were there were parts of this movie that I think were supposed to be like, oh my god, extreme, intense. Yeah, and I was laughing. Like, it was funny. Oh, like, I'm that's sorry. you. It worked like, for it me. it was funny. Like, the little demon baby in the trash bag was hysterical. Oh, like, that Jackie. was funny. This movie, this movie did not have any sort of impact on me in that way. Like I said, was it, like, gory, gross, more to the extreme? Absolutely. Does it, like, merit this accolade? No. Jackie, I feel like you would watch a Serbian film and be okay. I can't even I think know. about the plot of a Serbian film without not being able to sleep. Like, like this, to you're, me, maybe, you're extreme. Maybe you're like the Mountain Dew of the show. See, I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really not super extreme. I'm way more puppies She's and rainbows. Extreme, extreme. <laughs> like um, Great Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mountain Dew Co-Red. Um, get it right. Uh, no, but like. I don't know. To me, this movie was... It was an okay movie. This wasn't any great movie. I don't think this movie... It like, didn't, like, haunt you in its extremity? Oh, God. Like, the uh, it was, the it was like, disturbing at some point. But again, like, it wasn't, like... I'm not thinking about it three days later. Of, oh, was. like, how could that have happened? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I like, was. I don't know. It, it was, again, to me, it was 28 days later, a little bit more, uh, not a little bit more extreme. I don't want to play it down. It was an extreme movie. Nobody was raping each other violently in the streets that 28 saw, days later. That you saw. It was just, I mean, remember that one movie, what was it called? Mayhem in the office building? The yeah, one that one was extreme and a little violent too. <laughs> I don't know. Like the scene on the train in the beginning was really funny. When the, he was rapey and didn't take when, no like, for an they answer were just and like, was like, fuck you. When they were just like walking behind somebody with a knife and being like, boom, 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 oh boom, boom. God, that was hysterical you, the way that they were doing that. Like it was not. All right. So I guess I'm just a giant wuss because. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Correct. <laughs> um, 
I, I guess I am because truly, and you literally, I live tweeted my, my watching of this to you. Cause I was like, wow, this is a great concept. We should do this for Jersey Ghouls. Oh my God. I'll never sleep again. I can't live with myself. Like it was so much for me. And I'm going to agree with you on the like part of it because it was gore for gore sake. Like this was my big argument with Terrifier too. And I don't know if you saw that one. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. It is like, oh, cool. Gore for gore's sake. We're so extreme. Satan. Like, see, he's Satan likes it. <laughs> and I just feel like I, I, I'm I, not here for it. Extreme 2020, 2022 slash 2023. Pump your brakes. I can't handle it. And I feel like the, act- the extremity and the gore for gore's sake rubs me the wrong way. Because I don't think we need the gore. Like, I feel like everybody's like jerking this movie off because of the gore and they're like look how fucking vulnerable and extreme and ready this film was for you but did it really add anything to the film other than the point of yes we get it like the extremity of your horror and the extremity of your violence is supposed to be so what cathartic i don't know you're telling me it's not supposed to be funny but in that train scene (laughs) the guy gets his neck slit and blood shoots out like a geyser straight up to the roof of the train. Like, my note is, train stabbing equals comedy gold equals that's not how blood works. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they wanted us to laugh. I really don't. I And, and then, so, then, don't then they, fuck, they done fucked then up. Right, you done fucked up. Because while I was just annoyed that I had to be so disturbed for no good reason at all, Jackie thought you were fucking hilarious. <laughs> Um, which I almost kind of love your reaction to it because I do take issue with a little bit with this film. So I think I, I think I want to say that my issue with this film is that it wants us, it forces us to think that we are inherently savage and that is our instinct, especially in men, because some of the worst acts in this film are done by males. Mm -hmm. But the problem with the virus and again, (laughs) post pandemic, right? But the problem with the virus is that like the, the people in the film doing these acts of such horrific violence and they're doing it against their own will because the virus is forcing them to either so either you are drawing this horrific pandemic thing or you're saying that this is how people are and we just had to get it out of them and either way i don't love it because number one i have to believe that people are just not repressing the urge to rape and kill each other i don't feel the urge to rape and kill other people it's not like I walk around all day being like, man, would I love to kill that person? But hey, it's illegal, right? Like, I don't want right. to hurt anybody else. So the thought of a virus getting in my body that forces me to become the thing I hate the most in this world fucking aggravates me. Because here's the truth of it. The truth of it is that not all people are ang- are, are rapey killy. You're just trying to make it okay for you to be rapey killy. And so... To me, this film was a slap in the face of the progress we made on the idea that people are are trying are good, and when somebody's not good, they need to be held accountable to it. This film is like, look, we're all just rapey killy. We're just trying to behave, right? No, 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 no. Um, this this almost felt like a mansplaining to me. Like, look, see, we're all just primally hoping we can be okay. Like, and the man on the train was literally a fucking the biggest nightmare of the whole film to me because he is real life. That man, yeah. that creepy businessman who, how dare she turn him down? How dare she not love his, uh, like, uh, you know, and what does he say? I, I wrote it down. What he says to her makes me really, really mad. You know, like basically something along the lines of, oh, kids today, they think they can treat us that way. And look at what social media has done to you. And again, like, to me, that's the ultimate mansplaining bullshit. And this film felt like because of how extreme it was, felt like a celebration of that to me. And all of it just didn't sit well. I hate this film because it reminds me of how inhumane so many people want to be. Yeah. Well, I I made the mistake of watching this movie while I was eating lunch. So that was kind of icky. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I don't know why you did that. Yeah, no, I had to stop you. I lose my, I, yeah. I lose my appetite just thinking about the film. No, you were yeah, like, that, mm, you're like wiping your chin. Like <laughs> I, I've been to a burger and a big glob of ketchup right down my chin. That's exactly what I imagined, yep. yeah. No, I, yeah, the, 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 the beginning part, I mean, I get it. We're setting the tone for... Acting without consent, we're setting the tone for animalistic behavior. We're we're you know it, it, it was 
not just the violence. There's also like the whole the sexual sex, thing right. where it's like that's what you've I got said. These, it was rapey. Like, weird, well, not even the rapey ones. Even like when you've got like the group sex thing where oh they're like licking God, the blood. I and oh, I agree God. that it's like it's it's trying to say that like well deep down we're all just sexually deprived criminal behavior wanting sacks of meat. Like that's really all we are. Do you believe that though? No, I don't. Okay, good. I don't. I don't now, I mean, as as I've talked about in the last episode, I think the sexual repression in this country is a fucking problem, and it doesn't surprise me that we're going to make a movie about a virus that finally allows us to be sexual. Do you think that like like listen, I agree with you politically, but like do you think that like our general social cues with this kind of stuff, like the consent stuff and all that, are leading to a, a certain repression that is dangerous? No, I'm not saying that that's the thing. That's I'm just saying that in general, sex, this country is sexually repressed. Full stop. Like, that's my blanket statement. Because of politics or because of just social norms? Both. Oh, interesting. I, you know, it's religion. It's politics. It's the social norms. Oh, the politics it's, are terrifying. It's yeah. frowned upon for a woman to have multiple sexual partners. I know. You know, it's, right. yeah. it's no, frowned right. upon to be a I sex mean. worker. It's, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, it, you have to... Sexuality and sex is not a pastime that you can publicly talk about. Which I agree that there are things that, you know, are very private and you do in the privacy of your own home. But I think people tend to shame sex in this country. And maybe in other countries. I don't know. I don't live in other oh, countries. Oh, it's way worse in so other countries. So I can't I speak argue. for... No, I, can I would argue that it's way worse elsewhere. But I think... Um, it apologize just, for my clinging glass. <laughs> I'm, it's Friday night, y'all. We're okay. going to have a little bevy. Uh, it's just one of those things that it just... It, it makes me laugh that we tie in sexual depravity. Of to, like of like the orgy. So yeah, maybe I mean the, the repression leads to the depravity, right? That's I do agree in in large extent to that. Yeah. I think the more we repress ourselves, the more dangerous we all become. Full stop. Damn, Jackie with the truth bombs. <laughs> two for two tonight. I love it. Um, so and I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to an article from FlipScreen.com, a review by Tyler Simone from this this website, and I loved it because it says the like basically talks about um. The businessman. And he, to me, is one of the most haunting parts of this film because how far he goes to torment Kat. I love that she kills him. I love that she becomes a final girl. There are things about this film I did love, but it was just so hard to watch that I couldn't get past that. But the businessman and his exchange with Kat are by far, to me, the most scariest part of the movie because really that entitlement of his is such a norm in our society. Mm -hmm. And he becomes the, the, the film's villain. And, you know, more so than even the pandemic, I would argue. Like, it, I love that in this film that is, like, for all intents and purposes, like a zombie film, using that word loosely, um, <laughs> March Madness, wink, wink, um, use what, what defines a zombie film. But at the end of the day, it is a zombie film, but it's the zombies as a whole aren't the villains. It becomes so personalized in right. that moment for me, which scares me because the fact that the, zomb- the quote-unquote zombies in this movie, for all intents and purposes, can talk, can think... And what haunted me too was like that they could cry yeah. while doing because and like the whole Dr. Wong scene. I don't know how you laughed at it. It made me literally want to barf. I, I hated it every second of it. I wanted babies to be okay. I can't babies to be are like dogs. I can't handle shit happening to them in horror films. I oh, really see, that's can't. The, there there is our there is the There's uh, the line. There's for us. the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, because there. if there was like any dogs in this film that were Imagine big, little puppies, Jackie. Right? Imagine they were all if little they puppies. If they were all little puppies, I'd have a much more, you know, disdain for this movie. I, I would really right, not be happy. Right, like imagine how you feel about if those were all little puppies is how I feel about it having been little babies. <laughs> That's fair. I, that, okay, now it makes sense. Right. Now right. I understand to what you're To me it's about. right. And so I'm going to go ahead and quote this article because he says, the images in this film are depraved. Depictions of gang torture, blood-soaked orgies, melting skin, baby carriages full of viscera, like a dog with its nose shoved in its own feces for the pleasure of humiliating punishment. Jabez grabs the viewer by the scruff and holds them to the bacchanale. No death is spared the camera, for in the sadness, the fear is not, as Hitchcock might have inserted, what is unseen, but what can be endured. And I loved, there's so much I want to unpack there, because first of all, the line that this film is like, 
He, he makes the analogy of a dog, its nose shoved in its own feces for the pleasure of humiliating punishment. Do, like, do we deserve this film? Or is that what this film is? It's, it's me being shoved in, in the, the face of my own, the own shit of humanity. Like, is that why I'm so uncomfortable with this film? Oh, see, now I took that differently. I took that, I think, maybe in a more meta thing. Like, oh, you're a horror movie fan? You want horror? Here's yeah. here's your Holds heart. Them. Yeah. Here, here you it go. Is. Here you go. You want this? You right. want the gross? You want I the gross? Out I don't the whole want line? it. Is it yeah. weird that I'm tagging out of no, this whole because type of horror? I've said it before. I've said it again. The thing I love about this genre of movie is there are a million and five subgenres, and there's a little yeah. something for everybody. And it's okay that we all don't like the same subgenre because we're all still sitting at the family table together in one way or another. But zombie movies go over here, and the really extreme stuff goes over here. here. Right, you know, right. like this the, falls in that weird, weird you know, place for me. Give me my eighty slashers at the kids' table over here. Right, like, right, there's, right. There's, there's and I'll little, be at the A twenty four buffet. You, you, right. you can where, have where your, like I'm at the menu is the A twenty four bar. Like I'm gonna die the s'more death because I have to be like me. I gotta be at the A twenty four table, and then that's what I deserve. Yeah. Uh, but you stay where you are, happy. Yeah, because I agree with you. I don't think we need like I agree with this critique and that the idea that like. Do we really need to be reminded of how crazy and horrible society is in this moment? Well, I mean, just five seconds ago in the first part of our episode, we talked about how fucked up the world People is. Are, like, right, how, the kids are not okay. How, how insane 2020, 2021, 2022, continuing to 2020, the last 10 years have been this weird dumpster fire that we're all surviving. And anybody that has gotten out of bed regardless of how they felt and made it to the next day yeah. fucking wins Thank the you. day you, you know win. right like maybe so in it's a so post-covid world right you know we're we're i feel like we're i don't want to say that we're automatically disagreeing with what we just said in the last episode but, but maybe we just need to right it's too raw it's too fresh for me yeah it's all too aggressive like both of these films for me i don't want to buy what they're selling yeah. Because I don't want to buy that we can't, we're going to die because we're the worst. Like, it's true. Maybe well, it's and true. Then, and then you look at the, the, the theme, I don't know if the, I don't want to say the theme of the movie, but the girl, Kat, all of her efforts ended up being for naught because she dies at the end. Kat dies at the end? Yeah. When she goes out to the helicopter yeah. pad, there was the machine gun shot. I'm assuming that was them killing her. Oh uh, yeah, because maybe. they the, the it was like the hospital's done. Yeah, and when that helicopter came, you hear the. Brrr, oh, I brrr. thought they were protecting her. That's so. funny. Oh, I assume that they killed her because oh God, she comes right. out like waving, right. like she's save waving, me, save she, me. She, How do you? How can you tell the difference between the person like come save me, come save me, and I want to eat your fucking face? Right when her, I gotta say the part that, and this is proof of what a wuss I am. When the boyfriend was like, I just want to. What it ah God he's oh such a yeah like thing he to her. you because he was affected at that point yeah right? and like you he think was like he's true like I'm love sorry would be blah, blah, blah. Us be, I'm sorry I just yeah and then, no, like, he, then he's just, like I just want to like bash your fucking, fucking face, face in, in or and then fuck your dead body yeah. or some shit like, like that and and she like he's infected mm-hmm. and he's crying when he said and I'm like Bleh! because like. To the thought of this this boy who seems so sweet at the beginning, like there was no sign no, his, of any his problem. Whole, his whole like character, character arc, arc he's was trying to come to her to save her. her, right? Like the thought of my husband ever saying that to me, the thought of that—that's what's always been in his heart of hearts. I won't accept that. Yeah, I am. A, I need to live in puppies and rainbow world. I I need to think that we deserve better. Like, can we keep humanity? Can we still make the argument in twenty twenty three that humanity doesn't deserve its fate? And these, both of these films are very, to me, suggestive of we deserve everything we're getting. Right. And I don't know that I, I can't get there, Jackie. I don't want to yeah, get I don't want to get well, And I don't I want was, the sadness to, I, that's yeah. the sadness, right? To me, the truth yeah. that we suck and we deserve everything we get. Right. I, well, I, I can't why, accept it. That's why I said in the last episode, I don't want to, I, you know, I don't want it to be so bleak. I don't want my outlook to be so bleak. I want to have hope. I know. You found hope. There, I that was hopeless to me. I'm just gonna be the old hag, but 
this, I need to find home in these films. I need to find, I need to politely, like in my head, I'm like, I politely disagree yeah. with both of these films because A, I have kids, so I need to believe that they're going to be okay and that they're not all going to be. Uh, so I fell down the rabbit hole of thinking that their level of trauma and their level of not being okay was what was giving them these powers. And that's why Anna's powers were so powerful. That's why Aisha's powers were so powerful. I was like, oh God, how powerful would my kids' powers be? And would they kill me? That was literally when the movie was over. That's when I sat there under my blanket, not being able to move by. I was like, are my kids okay? Would they, if the trauma equals the power, do they have the power? Would they use it for good or bad? And that's a question that I pose. If you have kids and you're out there listening, I hope you uh, at least can. It's it's, somewhat. It's just so interesting to me that. And I feel like this has happened on other episodes that Mm -hmm. we've done. And and please know that this is just observation, Mm -hmm. not criticism whatsoever. But you, you seem to, how do I want to say this? I think I know where you're heading because my husband had the same trauma first. It's always the trauma first. And I'm like, to me, my husband said the same thing. He said he thinks that I, I too hard. Yeah. Like you, you, and again, I mean, but I mean, maybe it's an occupational. I was going to say, you are a parent, you are a therapist, a counselor, like you've got mental health credentials. You are a licensed. I am all around, but I am also all around trauma all day long. So maybe I'm blind. So it's like, it it just always, it, it always (laughs) is interesting to me that like, like, I'll, I'll I'll be talking about something and you're like, oh, but the trauma. And I'm like, I wasn't even <laughs> thinking of trauma. I was thinking of like the this or the that. No, but you're and not it's wrong. Always, you're not it's wrong. always trauma first that like, I don't, I don't put an emphasis on that. Because again, I'm not around it. It's not my background. Right, you're, it's you're, not... It's, it's, and it's also you're not around bubble. kids, both yeah. because you're uh, not choosing not to be a parent and also because you don't have a job where you're hanging out with kids all day long. All I do is hang out with kids who all seem so not okay. Yeah. But uh, are they not okay? Are they full of shit? I, who knows? Who knows? DVD. Are they uh, the innocents or not? As, as far as, as the sadness goes, I think obviously the most disturbing scene <laughs> is when the businessman decides to... To I uh, oh, skull fuck the girl that lost fuck. her eye. I can't. And obviously you don't see it. Thank God, like because I would have fainted. They pan up, but you see his face. You, you know, know what what's doing. happening. You it's hear so her screaming. Like you know what's happening. Jackie, I can't. I that can't. was that was I. You know, again to me, that's that's too like, much. Like, what are you? What are you? Who who are you making this movie for? Like who was Not that me, scene for? But they're so and like I I want to in case any of them are listening like so many of the other like people I respect and really do horror really well and like really like writers um they love extreme to them this is like me yeah. <laughs> this was a walk in the no, park. No, I know plenty of people that like extreme yeah. horror and and I don't I don't say who is this made for. That particular scene like sometimes like how far is too far. Uh, for like me, why? it's 10 minutes before they even, yeah. he even had that thought. <laughs> Honestly, and I think you hit the nail on the head. His mm. exchange with Kat in the Ooh. very beginning of was the movie. Was too much for me. That alone was too much That for me. is worse than anything else once the virus hit people. I got to agree with you. Something about that because that's so normative for so many people. Ugh, he's so creepy. And then when he gets infected... Everything, and you're, you know, Jackie, I think you're right. Like, when I look at, when I close my eyes and picture some of the extreme scenes, there is almost a comedic value to some of them. Well, I mean, comedy, by definition, is exaggeration. Right. And I feel like there was so, and not every scene. Because like I said, the skull fucking scene was disturbing, and there was nothing funny about that one. But like no. the demon, the, the like the baby. To me, the, the demon baby. Oh was God! Funny. See, to me, it's so funny. The thought that he literally was ch- using, uh, literally using newborn children to to test his program and throwing them in trash can. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you laughing. You're like tee and I'm like me. No, seriously. Watch the train scene in the beginning after the businessman is creepy. Like when people start dying. Watch it again. That didn't and tell me, me it's too not much. funny. Yeah. No, that's fair. There was yeah. there, because and even again, like a there, lot of the other scenes. There, the ex- skull fucking was so uncomfortable. There were so many scenes that were exaggerated for like exaggeration's sake that that's where it became funny to me. 
That that's so fair. I just I am so I maybe I'm just a little delicate flower. I just maybe I am a snowflake. <laughs> that's it. Like be honestly, as much as like giggled through most of this movie, like I can't extreme, you giggled. I needed ext- like a day to recover. Ext- I had to watch Disney movies. Extreme is not for me. It is never a genre. But you're fine. Doing. Like you're so. It doesn't matter. Like, okay, I, like it. I have had Ajita about having to watch Henry and Maniac for weeks now. Spoiler alert. You have been like, I, it's fine. Like you don't get shook the way I do, which I'm I'm in awe of because to me you could be like you could watch Extreme and handle it. But I don't. Martyrs, you were like that was boring. I was like me for weeks after Martyrs, and you're literally like that. Nah, nah, I could have I could have done with a little more TNA. Here's the thing, because I don't give enough of a shit because I'm not watching a movie. Nine times out of ten. I do. I with any I do. sort of analytical thought. Like, I don't give enough of a shit to really think about it's a movie It's not even like about that. giving a shit. It's about, like, I really pretend like it's real life. Like, I think right. that's... You and I have a vastly different approach to all this because I'm like, oh my God, real life. And you're like, that's funny. Like, we just... I think I'm just a, a jackass in that I take things... I Like, like real life, I take movies too personally. Yes. <laughs> that's what we've learned. That is what we've learned. So what did you think, all in all, about 2022 as I presented it to you in horror? Like, what's your overall, like, what is, what is, is was it good, was it bad? And more importantly, what are you thinking that horror is trying to tell us about the world? So, overall, um, as, as per usual, you push me to watch movies that I wouldn't watch normally. Um, and I'm always happy for it. And like I said, nine times out of ten, I eat crow. And I'm like, yeah, that was a good movie. Thanks for as, making me do As it. do I. Hashtag I love a Sleepaway Camp 3 right. forever. <laughs> I eat crow. Excellent. The first one, problematic and horrible. Third one, a fucking delight. It is a fucking delight. <laughs> and a fucking Bruce Springsteen kid, right? <laughs> right, yeah, Pamela, Pamela wow. Springsteen. Chef's kiss. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so... I these were you enjoyed twenty twenty two yeah these okay. were these were all such different movies well with the except X and Pearl obviously tied together but just they were all so different in their own way because obviously the sadness super extreme well I will give the sadness credit special effects were very cool agreed like you want to use five hundred gallons of blood in your movie you've caught my interest you've caught my interest so I don't want to take away like I didn't have a bad time watching the movie mostly I was I did I just didn't get the hype I don't get the hype of that movie if you want to like it like it I don't give a shit like I don't get the hype but I did enjoy the special effects I liked all the blood I'm here for that um, but like each of these movies were all so, so different where the sadness was this extreme gore for gore's sake. The innocence was really like the thought provoking, like unzip my skull, let's pull the brain out, let's yeah. massage both hemispheres and let's figure some shit. Like that one got me thinking. Pearl and X, I think were just, they were like kind of good time fun. You know, like there was, there was like a little bit of everything. There was, a, this was a good charcuterie board of horror. Oh, thank you. This thank you. This is a good charcuterie I try, of I, I secretly manipulated this in my, in my paper. <laughs> and I wanted you to get a little... A that depost, if you will, because I don't believe tasty. in the charcuterie. That's a true. little gabagool sampling. It is an antipasta plate, you motherfuckers. An antipasta, yeah. You with your charcuterie, yeah. sit down. Don't it's make an it antipasta. It's an yeah. antipasta plate. Um, I wanted out. you to have a nice antipasta plate of 2022 because I think it would, and your love of scream just proves it. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you you're never gonna know. get. You never know. But I had fun in 2022, and now we looked forward to the future. Yeah. And I'm super excited because February is the time for love, baby. It I'm going to pull up Barry love. White behind me there because I can't do it quite a bit. <laughs> My voice don't go that yeah. But he is the fucking motherfucker of OG love sexiness. So um, in, in February, we're going to we're gonna get down with love. We are. But very bad <laughs> choices in love. Because we are, gonna, we are going to explore those boys and girls you just don't want to take home to mama. Right. Yeah. They like, are this bad is, News. February is red flags. Red, red flags. flags. <laughs> red away. flags. Leave all the around. first date. You no. don't want this. You in danger, girl. So yes. Yeah, so thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. Let us know what we missed in 2022 that we haven't referenced because I needs me all those good films. And Jackie, 
Don't forget to check us out on social media. You can search for Jersey Ghouls and you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. And don't forget to check out Geekscape.net, our new home, our new fam. That's right. The fams. It is. It's an the awesome. The Saw is family, Jackie. That's saw one thing is, I know for sure. The Saw is family. <laughs> God, thank God for Vigo Mortensen in that movie because... Oh. He's teaching to look at. Mm. The rest of that movie was Don't you shit on Texas Chainsaw in in my presence. Well, you mean like the second one? How it's like the worst movie ever? What's that? Don't you talk about Stretch like that to me, you (laughs) motherfucker. Dennis Hopper's a fucking treasure. Overacting? He doesn't know what that is. (laughs) How dare you? Right. How dare you? Fucking actor. We love you guys, and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. There's been a time that we've loved and we've shared love and made love. It doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough for you. It's just not enough. Oh, man. Oh, man. My darling, You're listening to the Geekscape Network.